0: The message I have today is t- titled The Discerning Heart. And I had looked at, this just came to me when I was searching for something the Lord led me to. All the issues of heart, when you look at the Bible, there's so many scriptures that bring in the heart. So I was looking them up. We have a pure heart. We have a wise heart. A happy heart. A circumcised heart. A new heart discerning heart, an undivided heart, a heart of wisdom. And then on the other side, we have a hardened heart, an evil heart, uncircumcised heart, foolish heart, a prideful heart, and a divided heart. But today, I want to talk mostly about a discerning heart. And if you look at the word heart, it refers to emotions, affections, passions, desires, and feelings. In First Chronicles 28, 9, it says, The Lord searches the heart of, of every heart and understands every, de- the every desire and every thought. Well, that does seem to make me a little nervous sometimes because I think, how do you control your thoughts? Because no matter what, you're thinking something and God knows it. And he always knows the intents of our heart. The problem is, a lot of times, we don't know our own heart. So the scripture most of the text I'm gonna take it from is the life of Solomon, and it starts in 1 Kings three, seven through nine and verse twelve. It says, Now, my Lord my God, have you made your servant you have made your servant king in place of my father David, but I am only a little child, and I do not know how to carry out my duties. Your servant is here among the people that you have chosen, a great people, too numerous to count or number. So give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and to distinguish between right and wrong. For who is able to govern this great people of yours? I will do what you have asked, the Lord said. I will give you a wise and discerning heart so that there will never have been anyone like you, nor will there ever be. So when you... uh, I like to look at words because when I bring them into, or look at a scripture, understand the meaning of the word. Discernment is to discover and recognize. A discerning heart in this text was from the Hebrew word shama. It means to be certain, listen and yield to, pay attention. And I love these two. Listen intelligently and listen intently. I don't know about you, but there's times that I know people haven't listened intentionally to me, like when the kids were little. Oh, yeah, Mom, I hear. Did you hear what I said? Yeah, I hear. And then to go and do something completely different. Or maybe it's a friend or a spouse. Did you hear what I said? Yeah, I heard you. They may have heard, but they didn't listen. But then again, I've been guilty of that too, so I can't say that's on everyone else. Um, So Solomon was saying, now if we recap what I just read, Solomon was saying, when we look at those words, like pay attention, listen intentionally, yield, um, be certain. Here's what Solomon was saying to the Lord. Lord, I need the ability to lead through listening to your voice and yielding to your wisdom, which is above my own. As I hear your voice, I will be able to discern things properly and be empowered to fulfill my leadership calling. With wisdom, certainty, intelligence. I am not on my own. Your voice will empower me to be a good leader. So it started with Solomon asking for wisdom. And God gave him wisdom and a discerning heart. But it starts with a humble and an undivided heart. Because Solomon was willing to let God be the one to lead. He wasn't the one able to lead on his own. So he admitted that. So having the ability to discern his own heart first, uh, the hearts of others and the destiny of his nation was a gift from God. In Hebrews, we look at what it says about our hearts. Because if you look at a discerning to recognize, see, pass, things that are hidden even, things that are revealed by God, we need to be able to look at our own hearts first to recognize what's in our hearts before we can look at other people's hearts and see what's going on. So Hebrews 4.12 says, the word of God is a living and active and and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing the division of soul and spirit and joints and marrow, and it is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. See, everything will be uncovered, he says. So when we look at our own hearts, we have to look at the Word of God for the Spirit of the Lord to show us what's really in our hearts. Because uh, Jeremiah says that this heart is deceitful above all things. Because we can deceive ourselves, believe me. I've deceived myself thinking, well, I don't have that issue. I don't think that way. Oh, yes, I do. (laughs) Because God has pointed out to me a couple times some things that I didn't think that I had in my heart. And also, do you never notice that Things that come out of your mouth will show what's in your heart. And sometimes it'll surprise your own self, like, oops, I didn't think I, like it just popped out of there. But then I thought, well, then that must be what's really in my heart. So I was thinking of what all God does with the discerning of a heart. He gives us the ability to hear his voice and recognize it. Because Jesus said, I am the shepherd and you are my sheep. My sheep will hear my voice. So we have to learn to listen to his voice. Um, Another thing is he gives us the ability to see what is happening in the natural and the spirit realm. He gives us eyes to see and ears to hear. And by the spirit, he shows those things that are hidden. Because there is a gift of discernment, this discerning of spirits but there's also the discerning matched with wisdom on how we live our lives. So that's what I'm getting at here. He also gives us the ability to recognize our adversary and our strongholds, or where there are strongholds, and how to resist. Because if we look at what's going on around us, there's a lot of things that pretend to be true but they're not, they're deceit. they're deceitful. I think of the wolves in sheep's clothing, and it's not just out there, it's in, in, in churches, in schools, in our culture, everywhere. It doesn't matter. It may look like a good thing, but there's things that are infiltrated by the enemy, and we have to be very careful that we can recognize it, because I think the spiritual warfare, I didn't mean to go into that, but it's just, I feel like we have to be discerning if we're gonna be able to fight the battle in the spiritual warfare that's happening. Um, Proverbs 26. Proverbs 26, uh, 23 through 26. I don't know if I can get there here. <laughs> this is a good example of I like the scripture just spoke it right there. It's like, okay. Once I get there, I should have marked my page. One more page, here we go. Okay, like a coating of silver dross on earthenware are fervent lips of an evil heart. Enemies disguise themselves with their lips, but in their hearts they harbor deceit. Through their speech, is, though their speech is charming, do not believe them. For seven abominations fill their hearts. Their malice may be concealed by deception. But their wickedness will be exposed in the assembly. God gives us a spirit, his spirit, to abide within us. His spirit will tell us those things that we may not see in the natural because we need to recognize those things that are behind people's intents of their hearts and within our own. So I'm talking today a lot about our own hearts, too, today. Um, He gives us strategies now because if we have a discernment to hear God's voice, he will tell us what the enemy is up to. Or he'll tell us what's going on inside of us that we need to address and how to act upon it. So we don't just hear and do nothing. We have to learn to act upon it and apply it. And we also know we have to know how to pray against it and for what. He shows us the motives of intents of others, the influences that they have. their spiritual influences on people. Because we judge people by what people do on the outside and what they say. But what we truly need to know is what's influencing them. What kind of spirit is influencing that person? And we need to recognize the own spirit that's motivating us in our hearts. So discernment coupled with wisdom empowers us to live a victorious life in Christ. And Charles Spurgeon said this, Discernment isn't just knowing the difference between right and wrong, it's the difference between right and almost right. Because rat poison is 99% good food, and it's only 1% poison, but it's enough to kill the rat. Good thought, huh? So we need to train ourselves to distinguish good from evil, but also take the scriptures and let them help us be uh, discerning of things that might be tempting us to go into sin. We need to be aware of what's going into our thoughts, what's going into our heart, especially now. Because we have to align everything with the Word of God, just like Hebrews 4.12 said, this. And we have to separate the soul from the spirit. Our fleshly things and our thoughts from what the spirit is telling us. So uh, the word of God will recognize whatever, if, whatever you hear, don't take it first valu- face value is what I say. Examine. Just like the word discerning means to recognize, know, and understand. So Um, Okay, I was reading this book and I wanted to just take an excerpt about the story that they brought forth. This couple, they were married for years and they were moving a lot. They moved many times. So this time when they moved to the new house, they were unpacking boxes that they had been carrying with them throughout all their moves. Everywhere they went, they kept taking the packed boxes that were in the attic. They didn't know what was in the boxes, but they just kept taking them with them. So finally they decide we should go through these boxes and see what's going on in here because we need to purge some stuff and organize. At this house we're going to put everything and organize. So what they did was they started opening the lids of the boxes and they found out all these little treasures that were from their childhood even. Like she said there was an eagle feather and a claw from a bird and whatever silly things that were in there. And they started to realize, like, there's a lot of this stuff that's, like, why did we carry it around with us all this time? We just kept taking it with us. And so they wanted to put everything out to the garbage. Well, first let me address the opening the box thing. Don't we take things from season to season in our life that we just leave them in the box, packed in our heart? We don't examine it and deal with it? but we just keep taking it with us throughout every season of our life. Maybe it's unforgiveness, vain imaginations, even strongholds or demonic influences, things that we have attached ourselves with or let attached to us. Wrong thinking, unforgiveness, rejection, you name it, all kind of things that we just keep carrying it with us. So they wanted to put everything out to the curve, and the wife says, there's so much stuff here. If we put this all out there, what's it going to look like? Can't we just put, put out, out a little at a time? Because what are the neighbors going to think? So isn't that how we are? We don't want everyone to see what's all wrong with us. But yet, we just want to do it a little at a time and so hope no one will notice. So we, just, we, we worry too much about what others will think. Instead of letting God deal with us, And what we need to unpack and examine and start to get rid of. So I thought of this thing remember the commercial, What's in Your Wallet? Well, I'm thinking, What's in Your Heart? And it's a good question for all of us to ask the Lord What's in my heart? Lord, is there something you want to show me? And we need to be careful to guard our hearts. And we just sang this song, the peace of God will guard our hearts, really. It's that Jehovah be our peace. Give him a, us our peace to go and guard our hearts. So, and, I, and the word guard in Philippians, I was thinking of the scripture in Philippians, well, the peace of God will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, and we have the mind of Christ. Guard our hearts. In this sense, it means to guard like a military guard standing Against anything that would infiltrate So if we have the peace of God and the knowing Him, hearing His voice, we can have confidence knowing that He will help to guard our minds and our hearts. So now we want to move on to First Kings chapter 11, 4 through 11. I know some of these are a little long, but it tells the story. So now, Solomon gave him the gift of discernment and wisdom. Above all men, he had, he wrote thousands of proverbs. He built the temple. And he had all these great military strategies and routes made for trade. He did all these things. Started off really great. He had, but then he had 700 wives and 300 concubines. On a hill east of Jerusalem, Solomon even built a high place for Chamash, a detestable god of Moab, and for Molech, the detestable god of the Ammonites. He did the same for all his foreign wives who burned incense and offered sacrifices to their gods. The Lord became angry with Solomon because his heart had turned away from the Lord, the God of Israel, who had appeared to him twice. Although he had forgiven forbidden solomon to follow other gods solomon did not keep the lord's command so the lord said to solomon since this is your attitude and you have not kept my commandment or covenant and my decrees which i commanded you i will most certainly tear the kingdom away from you and give it to one of your subordinates which is what he did not in his time but eventually it went the kingdom divided and was taken away So how did a man like Solomon that had all this wisdom and insight from God and had all of these things, and he was well known for his wisdom, and his heart was a, God said he gave him a discerning heart to hear his voice. Well, he had a great, um, he was wise in running the whole nation, but he couldn't run his own household, which is what happened. Because the influences of his foreign wives, which he was told not to have done, influenced his and turned his heart away. So, number one, first he was faithful. He was all out for God. Now, compare it to us, okay? We're all sold out for the Lord when we get saved. We want everything he has for us. We're so excited. We're saved, set free. I'm on the track. I want to learn everything. I want to hear God's voice. Well, then he tolerated sin. He started to tolerate. Well, what do we hear? Well, that's not so bad. Yeah, that's not a bad thing. It's not as bad as that, you know. Um, it's, it's not hurting anyone. Then we start making excuses. We can make excuses for all the sins that we tolerate. Next, he rationalized away the dangers of sin. We can say that, well, we, it's not really hurting anyone else. It's my choice to decide what I want to do. You know, God will understand. And then he engaged in sin. He actually started burning incense and did the same thing, honoring other gods and idols. We can do that when we divide. I I know there's all these hearts, and I'm thinking these heart things can relate to each other. First, he started off with an undivided heart, a heart of wisdom and discernment. Now, his heart was divided, because divided means that you are going to honor two things, not submit totally your loyalty to one thing, which was who was God. (coughs) So it didn't happen all of a sudden. It's little by little. Just enough. It's just like that 1% poison. Little by little, it's in there. It starts to poison us. But even though there was a gift of having a discerning heart and discernment, we st- there was still a choice to obey. So just doesn't make us immune to sin because we have discernment and all that and wisdom we have a choice to make and the people in the world will say well that's just stupid why do you guys believe that you know things have changed let's move on to what's going on now that was back then I hear excuse all the time well God won't care that was you know no God does care so in first Corinthians 2 6 through 16 talks about why so the world does not understand Um, I'm going to skip down to 9 what no eye has seen what no ear has heard and what no human mind has conceived the things God has prepared for those who love him these are the things God has revealed to us by his spirit the Spirit searches all things even the deep things of God for who knows a person's thought except their own spirit within them in the same way no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God what we have received is not the spirit of the world but the spirit who is from God so that we may understand what God has freely given us this is what we speak not in words taught by human wisdom but in words taught by the spirit explaining spiritual realities with spirit taught words the person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness. And they cannot understand them because they are only they are discerned only through the Spirit. So the person of the Spirit makes judgments about all things, but such a person is not subject to merely human judgments, for who has known the mind of the Lord as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. P- those who are not, in the family of God who've not received Jesus do not have the Spirit of God are thinking everything that we believe in God what God tells us is is foolishness to them it they don't understand it because they don't have the Holy Spirit in them to tell them and they don't understand they rejected God but see that's what's good about God can direct our everyday choices he can direct how we pray he can direct how we see things in the perspective that is the right way and properly examine things. But if we don't have the spirit of God living us, we just, li- before I was saved, everything I did I thought was okay. It's my choice. I want to do it. C- it's like, it's do whatever you want. It's your, your life. Well, then when I actually rece- received Jesus as my savior, then I realized it is not my own life anymore. It's the life to follow Jesus Christ. It's his ways, not my ways. And so then I realized, like, wow, what I thought was okay really was not okay. And I was really uh, grieving God's heart. So that's why I think that we have to be careful to guard our hearts and recognize that we are gifted to have this within us to give us prosperity, long life, uh, His taking care of us, everything we need, on and on and on, going into a sermon here, a different sermon. But anyways, so now... I just think uh, with everything that is going on, I don't believe it's going to get any easier for us, for any of us, whether you're a believer or not. Because there's going to be a lot of things that God is going to shake and move. As long as we have our foundation as Jesus, as our Lord and Savior, We can have confidence that he will take us through whatever we need to go through or whatever we see out here that are just maddening things that are happening. So we've got to take Solomon's life as a warning to be cautious, to keep our heart loyal to God, keep our heart undivided. Because I was thinking about the list of the hearts here. Okay, we start off with we have a discerning heart, an undivided heart, and a heart of wisdom. But if we let these things of tolerating, rationalizing, engaging, and turning away, then it becomes we have a, we have a, a prideful heart, a foolish heart, and a, a divided heart, and a hardened heart. And we don't want to get to that point because we want to stay close to the Lord. So I want to finish and end this with what Solomon, like his whole life was wrapped up in Proverbs with all these wise teachings of his life and encounters and experience. And then he wrote Ecclesiastes, and like he caused it all vanity, like all the things that he thought were important. But I want to read it from the uh, Proverbs 2, 1 through 2 and 4 through 12 from the Passion, and I know it's a different, but I just think it was so good. You can read it in your own versions, but I want to read it in this anyway. He says, My child, will you treasure my wisdom? Then and only then will you acquire it. And only if you accept my advice and hide it within you will you succeed. So train your heart to listen when I speak, and open your spirit wide to expand your discernment. Then pass it on to your sons and daughters. For if you keep seeking it like a man would seek for sterling silver, searching in hidden places for cherished treasure, then you will discover the fear of the Lord and find the true knowledge of God. Wisdom is a gift from a generous God, and every word he speaks is full of revelation and becomes a fountain of understanding within you. For the Lord is a hidden storehouse of wisdom made accessible to his godly lovers he becomes your personal bodyguard as you follow his ways protecting and guarding you as you choose what is right then you will discover all that is just proper and fair and be empowered to make the right decisions as you walk into your destiny when wisdom wins your heart and revelation breaks in true pleasure enters your soul if you choose to follow good counsel Divine design will watch over you, and understanding will protect you from making poor choices. It will rescue you from evil in disguise and from those who speak duplicities or speak evil. Good advice after all of that, because it's just, even when he sees God, like, like First Chronicles says about, he was speaking to, Con- I'll search the hearts of man, and I know the intents and thoughts of man. But the good thing is, even if he sees the ugly parts in us, he still loves us. Thank God for his generous love and his compassion. His love and compassion endured forever. So, Lord, my, I just pray, Lord God, I just pray for all of us, Lord, that we would lean our hearts to your understanding and discerning, give us a discerning heart of wisdom, that we may follow you truly with an undivided heart. Um, we just want to walk in your ways and be pleasing in your sight, Lord. And we ask all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen.